All of the podcasts here at the Sideshow Network are now with the touch of a button on your iPhone and iPad. With the new Sideshow Network app, tune into all your favorite podcasts here at the Sideshow Network. Go to iTunes App Store, search for Sideshow Network, and download our free app to stream all of your favorite Sideshow Network podcasts at any time you want. The top comedians in the world are at your fingertips with the Sideshow Network app for iPhone and iPad. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Innovation Crush. Uh, my name is Chris Denson. I am the host. Um, this series, we very much discuss really cool ideas, cool people in the marketplace, um, innovative ideas with a skew towards marketing and branding and uh, whatever else we kind of find our fancy in. Uh, to my right today uh, is a special guest host. Say hello, special guest host. Hello. What is your name? My name is Allison Johnston. Allison Johnston. So um, you are a, uh, you recently departed from an agency as director of marketing, right? Yes, yes, I did. Um, which, a curious question for me, why does a marketing agency need a director of marketing? <laughs> I've been wondering that myself. <laughs> I think they try and make um, it sound a little bit fancier than account director, but really, you know. Account, account director, director of marketing. Of marketing. Yes. Marketing account I'm director. Like, well, if you're marketing, I guess you do need to market yourself, but you weren't marketing the, recruit, the, 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 the agency. agency no. Yes. Um, and th- welcome. Thank you Thank for you. coming to hang out. Thanks and, for having uh, me. It's, this should be really fun. Are you ready? It's, I'm so ready. I mean, it's going to be a little, little crazy. Um, because today we also have MC Squared, um, the individuals from the agency you may have seen on AMC's The Pitch. Um, you, I'm, I'm going to turn it over to Ron first, and then you can introduce everyone else on your team. So say hello, Ron. Hello. How are you doing, Chris? I'm good. I'm good. I'm Allison, good. you look absolutely amazing today. Don't you like her shirt? Thank you. Great. Isn't it beautiful, everyone? <laughs> it is. And I like your fragrance. Is this incense around? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I should have worn this shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I called it a Jenny Gump shirt earlier. She got mad at me. He did. He did. It's very bohemian, and you know, it's got that like '70s. Well, now she's taking it off. Oh, yes. Well, yeah. Well, we should have said. <laughs> or she will. She did say it will get crazy. In here. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I have my two counterparts here. I have Talia Domenica. Hi. Woo. Hello. And Robbie Schaefer. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Hello. Schaefer, not Schaffer. Shaver, not Schaffer. Got it. All right. Um, so tell us just, you know, tell us a little bit about MC Squared, the agency, you, your history. You know, I'll butt in every now and then, but you you go ahead. You take the show over. No, just kidding. Just to, tell us a little bit about um, the agency and, and the history and, and yourself. Do you have a whole two seconds here? <laughs> I do. I do. Okay, good. <laughs> um, I really don't know how to describe us. I guess we're just a... Um, you need a director of marketing. Then. Yes, we do. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I'm glad you came along. Can we just turn this into, can you have a resume? Oh, wow. Resume's great, guys. Hired. Um, we're just a, um, an eclectic group of individuals that work in marketing. I have a long, my background came from RH Macy's. And so I kind of entered advertising through um, the advertising department at Macy's um, just a few years ago. Just a, just, just a few. Just a few. 
You, yes. Yeah, <laughs> just a few. <laughs> so that that was cool. I working at Macy's, and then um, and, and so uh, and, and where did you pick up these two lovely uh, side uh, minions? <laughs> side oh, of the highway. It's really interesting because a um, a, um, a girl van used to work with me for many years, and she recently departed a couple of years ago, and she knew both of them, and she oh, met wow. them at di- different um, instances, and says you should meet Ron, and and then. We've just hit it off. Talia and I have been together approaching three years. Going on three years. And Robbie and I just celebrated our first year anniversary in June. 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 Yeah. yeah. Now, how do you guys, what are you guys, um, in the three and one year relationship you've had with MC Squared, what have you kind of, you know, what are your roles? What do you take on? How do you see yourselves in, in the mix of the business? I mean, for me personally, you know, my roles kind of evolved. When I first started with Ron, I came on as an intern. So I was kind of bottom of the food chain, <laughs> just, you know, kind of... It's the most important part of the bottom yeah, of the food I mean, chain. Though. just kind of pecking at projects, you know. And then I came on full-time about three months in, um, and kind of since then I just kept going up. So <laughs> um, at this point, you know, I pretty much, you know, marketing manager is my actual title right now. Got it. Um, same kind of deal as Allison. You know, I kind of run my accounts... I'm the queen of no. Yeah, it's kind of, it's, in our it's, that's the one queen interesting no. thing about the agency world is uh, like just get the work done, right? Like it's, it, it's hard to to have a title, but assigning roles I feel like is just difficult, you know, especially between me and Robbie. It's we just kind of assume the yeah. I use the term administrative extremely lightly <laughs> side of things. You know, we do everything except You do everything Ron doesn't want to do. He's like <laughs> We do everything aside from make things pretty. Essentially. Nice. Yeah. So it's a small office. We have to juggle. Yeah, juggle. we do so a lot. <laughs> so what's your role, Robbie? What do you What do you bring to the table? Um, technically, I'm the social media guy. Um, uh, I think uh, I thank you for the tweet earlier. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> All the right hashtags, the right ats. I was like, yeah, oh, I use a lot of exclamation marks. So I like, made fun of for that <laughs> oh. a lot. But I do too. Yeah. Very I, excited person. <laughs> not, not you sound like it. <laughs> um, yeah, so we do a little bit of everything. I rely on Talia heavily to, you know, check things that I do, and I check things that she does. So make sure everything yeah. goes out the door without any mistakes. Nice. We're people pleasers. People pleasers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those are good people to have on your team. Um, so, Ron, you're um, just a little bit about, you know, your personal brand in this whole thing, you know, building an agency, especially being at the helm of it, right? It, it's reflective of your approach to business and how you see the world. What is kind of like your personal, I don't know, philosophy you bring to the table that you try to instill in the projects and the work that you do? I just want to get to understand the client. And, right. um, you know, there's, there's really a way of looking at it. It's like whoever you report to is who you, that your person that hires you within any corporation, they have their marketing director. What is that marketing director DNA, and how does it relate to the to the DNA of the brand they represent? Right. And so, because that's the number one, I, I feel that a if you don't get along, don't have at least a common ground with the person you're reporting to, and you're not, it's not going to be a healthy relationship. So it's finding like, like the personal rapport with the individual as well as the business like capabilities, right? Right. I I always, I mean, I think we have a great relationship with every one of our clients. I mean, we really have a a genuine friendship. And I think in that creates a comfort zone where you can um, go out on the limb, go and 
present off-the-wall ideas and because you have that relationship. And I really feel that the, the core existence of advertising and marketing is relationship. And if you have a healthy relationship with the brand, um, with the brand or your boss that you're reporting to, right. it only benefits everyone. Yeah, it's, it's always like understanding those individuals because at the end of the day, you're marketing to people, right? right? And if you have to be on the same page on messaging and style and tone and all, all those good things. And be able to tell a good dirty joke. Yes. Do you have one? No. Oh, I wish I did. Do you have one? Uh, oh, I, it might, it's too long. I'm going to say give him a Which button. is the joke. <laughs> no. <laughs> give Ron about 10 minutes. He'll probably get three in. <laughs> okay, great. We'll, we'll sneak in there. Um, so you guys were recently uh, on the pitch, right? What was that experience like? Just, you know, I, I watched some of it, um, but like from your from your perspective, being on the show and, you know, it's a it seems like a pretty lofty thing to take on as a marketing agency to mm-hmm. go into an environment like that where you're pretty much exposed. Um, well, just kind of walk us through a little bit of what that experience was like. Well, first of all, I want to thank you for being one of the seven viewers of the show. <laughs> That's okay. Well, about seven more people will listen to this podcast. Yes. So there's 14 total. <laughs> and, <laughs> they'll download it. Um, it, it was interesting. We just got a call and we did a Skype interview and um, we were a little bit way off base when we um, did the Skype interview. We were cr- nutty. We were just because <laughs> we thought it was a joke. Yeah. And in instance, it was kind of funny. Um, right. And we knew in a million years it would never call us back. We just knew it. And then... Were you deliberately nutty during the call? Like, were you, guys, were you like, ah, ha, ha, but, or just kind of like well, surprised at the, at the conversation? We were a I little think, both. I mean, I think when they approached us and we looked it up, we were like, they went with like major agencies and stuff. We're like, why are you calling us? Yeah, it's not every day that AMC, you know, Skypes you. We like didn't believe her at first. We thought it was like a sales call or something. Right. We were like, what? <laughs> and and the questions that they ask you are kind of goofy. So I mean, like my questions, right? No, well, well I mean, you got to take consideration. Chris and you told. We all they did it like one at a time, and our office is very very open, so we really couldn't do any of the interviews kind of in private. Oh, so they were individual <clears throat> interviews. Yeah, Ooh. in the casting process. That makes and sense. And we were all working, and then all of a sudden, in the corner, like real quiet, we all start hearing like Barbara Streisand, and we were like, "What is happening?" <laughs> no, it wasn't Barbara. She was singing Barbara Streisand. Yeah, song it wasn't Barbara Streisand. She Barbara Streisand was not in your office. Yes. <laughs> no, sadly, she okay. was not. Um, I would not have been working diligently if she was. <laughs> but yeah, we were like, "What is happening?" And the, it was just. We were crazy, and we were just kind of. We thought it was fun. So it basically threw you off, and so you're like, "All right." And yeah, we the, were just like, "We're just gonna have fun with it," because we didn't think they would actually beat right. us. So you get the call back, and you're like, "Is it? Is that sort of an oh shit moment?" And like, what's the? Uh, <laughs> uh, then it came down to a yeah. We, I mean, we were <laughs> like, "Whoa!" And then some people got in the office, got really freaked out and, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and they weren't on the show and it, then it came down to a harsh reality that this is a reality right and um you know and i just kind of roll roll over i really hear talia was really the um i would say talia and robbie were the ones that really moved it forward right it's such an opportunity i mean as a marketing agency you focus so hard on marketing your clients that's our mm-hmm. job that i think it's really easy for us to forget that we really have to also market ourselves and when an opportunity like that knocks on your door, you're crazy to say no. Yeah. 
How and did then they, they told us the brand, and you couldn't say no to AMC. Oh no, to Bliss. Yeah. Oh Bliss, yeah. Oh, Bliss. oh the brand that you were working <laughs> yeah. for. Yeah. Oh, just in general. So AMC found you, and then called. Do you know how they found you, or what their selection process was, as far as? I know they did tell us that they they were specifically looking for smaller agencies, and they were looking for personality based on the feedback that they had gotten from season one. Um, so I think that their their people just kind of started doing some some research, came upon us, and gave us a call. That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. Um, actually, they Googled, and we came up pretty high in the Google searches, and that's how um, Laura yeah. found us. Um, so, and then I guess I mean you know when I watch the show, especially like when the, when you guys first get to the Bliss offices or you get to the pitch meeting, right? Um, and the other agency is there. It, it really looked like there was a brawl about to break out. Like it looked pretty intense. Did. Uh, did it actually feel that way when you know in the room or actually i don't think it did because i planted an automatic remote control fart machine in the briefcase and i was putting i was pushing it no. next to Talia. They, <laughs> are you serious yes i will say they were it, it was first of all we didn't they didn't really download us on how, what was going to happen right so and you have to remember that we were surrounded by by crew so anywhere mm-hmm. we went there was all these there was people everywhere it was kind of like me and my entourage it wasn't as empty as it looked right and so when we walked in and they were just kind of sitting in the corner we didn't and know who they were they didn't they're not the friendliest of people i'm sure they're lovely but to us <laughs> so they didn't really say anything so we were agency like, beef we were just sort of like, oh, okay, I guess they're with the thing. And then they fi- we finally introduced ourselves and we were like, oh, okay. They kind of just like put you in a room and said, okay, do your thing. And then like really no have... one said anything. No one right. knew what was going on. So it was, I mean, I think, yeah, it was, it was kind of. So, it, you know, and I think some brands actually create that environment, right? They do, they'll hold an open pitch and they'll invite multiple mm-hmm. agencies to come out and you're either in the same room it, a giving up your ideas and, and pitching, or you're at least in the waiting room together. Um, what's that like? You know, just kind of being there because it, it's. When I was thinking about this earlier, I go, it's almost like a competitive sport, right? Like you get amped up and you get the, you know, the we're going to get this in our eyes, and like you do your team huddles, those kinds of things. So just kind of walk us through that process of the competitive side of the agency business. Well, uh, first off, it's normally not done that way. I, you, I've never bumped into another agency right. before on a pitch. Usually it's scheduled at different times because the marketing directors really doesn't want you to know who else right. is pitching. So therefore, they therefore they keep, <clears throat> they keep everyone isolated, so therefore they don't... It, they but really, the information gets out there, right? Like so most times you'll know, you know who else is pitching, well, yeah, who else they've gone to... Yeah. yeah, yeah, and the big leagues, as far as really the hundred million dollar plus accounts, of course, Adweek and AdAge are all over that. You know, this counts in review, and they'll list who's reviewing sure. it. And uh, but in a smaller boutique midsize, right. normally it's that information is not put out there because the marketing director doesn't want to get a hundred million calls because she's elected that she wants to review X amount of agencies. Yep. And because her job is crazy, Allison, you can be able mm-hmm. to um, testify to that. I like that, that you said she. A lot of people say he first, but uh, or uh, I, I, John I, knows what's up. It's very big. It's, it's good. Good move. Well, no, I, 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 um, I feel we work that with a lot of women. We work mm-hmm. with a lot of women. Got it. Yeah, because even on the show, like you, there were four women there with you, right? And, Correct. And and to and so even that, like, how important is that process to kind of show up? 
uh, I don't know, kind of with your game face on or prepared f- exactly for what the client may need, right? Like you're dealing with bliss. It was smart to show up with four women. You know, I know at the agency Allison worked at previously, you know, they would go in in costumes and, and really make a big deal out of the, out of the pitch. Um, how important is that to sort of be on brand when you, as soon as you walk in the room? Well, um, God, that's a, that's an interesting question. Um, we just have we're ourselves. I mean, I don't believe I go into costumes, uh, uh, costumes or anything of that nature. But I, as far as being on brand, researching everything we need to know about, and be able to kind of have our questions in place. Right. I felt Bliss was is a was a good synergy with us uh, because of their um, their personality and their advertising. Fit our, uh, was a good fit with our personality. Right. And so, therefore, I felt we ourselves were on brand in that particular in- sure. instance. And so, when it comes down to pitches in general, I, we try to, I may, I may tweak my wardrobe accordingly. Um, you know. Which you look awesome, by the way, today. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> um, and that's the, the only thing I would do. And, and everyone else's wardrobe accordingly. Got it. Uh, and I, I cut you guys off a little, a little earlier, just about the competitive side of it. So, how, like, how do you prepare, like, knowing that there's going to be other, you know, agencies and entities pitching for the same work? We bring a gun. <laughs> nice. That's good. I think. Did you have one today? No. Okay, good. Just, like Ron <laughs> said, typically, you know, we don't really, we're not really usually privy to the information of who else it, it we're going up against. So, I think for us, it's never really a concern. We just really stay focused on us our work and the client and and we don't ever really think about the other people who may be pitching and what they're going to do so specifically related to the show that was a new dynamic for us that we are not used to right and i think i mean it it definitely added stress because we're not used to being like well we have to like one up somebody else we're not used to that we're used to competing with ourselves and just to put a face to your competition it's weird it was hard I guess for me, it's like you always know that there's someone else out there, right? And and oh, so yeah. to raise the bar in terms of innovation or thinking, it's like, what is it out there that no one else is doing, right? Well, how can we tell this story like nobody else has told it before? Because at the end of the day, Bliss, and it was, was it hair, hair, lip hair removal or yeah. hair lip? Re- well, you don't re- want to remove a hair lip. It's a depilatory cream. Oh, depilatory. That's a oh, ooh, fancy, fancy words. I just learned that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you, you kind of always know that, that that piece of it is out there. Yeah, it adds drama, actually, I think, how they did it. Right. It makes good reality television. Oh, yeah. Um, the one thing I actually noticed on the show, especially with the other company, was just like the difference in the brainstorming processes, right? Um, you know, how do you guys handle brainstorming internally, both as individuals and as an organization? We're collaborative. I mean, it was a little different with how we did bliss but i mean and typically we like to get together around the conference table we bounce some things off we talk in a million different directions usually we want to strangle each other Uh in the beginning because we don't understand where people's brains are going what are you talking about but i think that's like the first thing you know we kind of like to just put you know as many things against the wall as we can to, to visually see where the brand is at and we just talk and we go through and you know, then we usually go off and individually we'll start exploring things. But then we always come back together. Everything's kind of decided as a group. And 
Mine. Yeah, and, and in that instance, we had, which I don't, uh, was not shown, was we had an entire wall of what where Bliss's history has been as far as their print advertising and everything they've ever done. And because we were, the premises, we were launching a product within a brand. So we wanted to kind of get the whole brand's nomenclature and personality because this couldn't go, it, it had to fall within where the customer and the consumer of Bliss. Right already has a comfort zone. It's another piece of their right. story. I was it, bummed that they didn't show that, that we struggled very quite, hard. quite a bit with what they were asking for versus brand, where they are, where they are as a brand right. and what they do right. mm-hmm. otherwise because this isn't a separate product. Well, that's also really interesting because you know you find that a lot. Like A lot of clients will come to you and they'll say, we want to do X, Y, and Z, and you're like, that kind of doesn't fit, right? And, and yeah. your, the balance is always like, we want to give them what they say they want, but we want to also give them what they need. Yeah. Exactly. You know, how, do you, how do you walk that so, line? Well, it, in the instance of Bliss, is cause, because everything they've done was cartoons they've or characters and illustrations, and they, ne- and they make sure that they've covered every ethnicity. So that was, you know, that was our challenge because, right. you know, we were, you know, we, we couldn't have uh, one individual represent the brand and it couldn't be photography. And that's when it was interesting when they walked out, we saw them walk out with, you know, the typical white classic beauty. And I just said photograph of, a, you know, the typical kind of, right. to me, the Estee Lauder model. Yeah. Um, I just thought. We struggled with that we got, the entire we, time. Yeah, we just I was thinking, okay, we, we've got something going on here because we didn't present that in our visuals. Right. So, and and then how did the show turn out for you guys at the at the end of it? I didn't catch the whole thing, but like, did you know what was wah, the, what was wah. the result? Wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> the pitch is now referred to as the ditch. We did, we did not win. <laughs> Well, you, you're winners in my eyes. Oh, thank you. Uh, um, and, and, and I mean, but that's a realistic part of, okay. you know, of the journey as well, right? You go in and you pitch and, you know, I don't even know what the percentage is of yeses to no's or to maybes or things get delayed. Mm-hmm. You know, um, how do you how do you get through those kinds of hurdles? Right. Is it you just take it with a grain of salt or is it do you what kind of lessons do you try to take away from, you know, those exercises? Vodka helps. Vodka <laughs> definitely helps. You have to take it one at a time, and, you know, not every brand is the same. So if you don't get one pitch, there's always another one and out I there. Think, yeah, we always really try to, even if we don't land an account, to just keep the relationships open. I think that's the most important because, you know, brands, they change agencies, things mm-hmm. happen, they have new projects, this, that, whatever it may be. And if you can keep that relationship open, there's right. always an opportunity later on to work with them in another capacity. I read, yeah. I read an article recently that the um, the agency of record model is dying. Mm-hmm. Um, is that true? And like, how is how has it affected what you guys do and how you approach? You know, when you go into a room to to speak with a client, it, it does. I, I, I agree with you. Um, but usually, there's a lead agency, and then there's like supplemental agencies. And um, and we just play nice in the sandbox. Right. And actually, it's kind of nice because we kind of, if we come across an issue, we hopefully we got each other's back. And vodka yeah, still and vodka. helps. Yes. <laughs> yes. So you, I mean, you've been doing this twenty years, according to the series. Um, what? <laughs> what? I'll admit to twenty. <laughs> what are some of the? I mean, what's the difference between twenty years ago and now? Right. In terms of 
what you need to be able to do as an agency? Is, is it easier? Is it harder? Is it different? You know, what what are some of the, the, the differences you, you see from, was it 1993? <laughs> 20 years ago, right? Yeah, really. Did I do my math? Yeah. Did yeah. I do my math? Well, right? actually, I started in the 80s. Um, oh. I'll, I'll admit to that. It, it, you, the um, the difference is, is if it's media. It's really interesting. I saw an article this week, um, which I'll forward to you, and it says, Thank you. Um, "How do you? Um, where do you go? Do you think you start from a creative standpoint on an account, or you start from the media standpoint of account?" And um, and I feel today you have to media equals the creative. Back when you got to consideration how advertising evolved, it was only a print medium. Right. And then radio came, and then film came, and um, television, and outdoor, and it's now you have this whole plethora of media outlets. Yeah. And it is kind of overwhelming. And I feel that that's when it comes down to your creative has got to coincide with your media deliverable. Right. And that's how it is. Those two are neck to neck. Yeah, no, you're absolutely. Right. I think it's kind of like the that whole idea of storytelling, right? You're telling a brand story, and now instead of the one that you had when it was radio, you've yeah. got twenty. Right? Well, yes, that's true, and it also kind of plays into um, which I don't think it was fully explored. Is you know on the pitch to talk about the big idea. Our big idea was the um, it didn't even get shown. Didn't even get shown. <laughs> <laughs> don't you hate TV? We will, yeah, it, that that was the Robbie didn't even get his lines in the in there. Yeah, oh, Robbie made it on the every time he took a deep a breath to say something, they they cut they to something cut else. To me nodding. <laughs> <laughs> I was nodding <laughs> off. <laughs> no, it's no, so like we came in there because there were, it was really odd. It's like what I know they said the the assignment per se is a print ad, but what is the realistic realistic um, of them running a print ad? based on, you know, gl- what Glamour is, like 100,000 plus a page, mm-hmm. or if right. it was 170 a page, 1,000. And so that became our thing about where we got the guys from AV Bytes. I've been a f- we've been obsessed with their crazy videos. You should see their um, Fifty Shades of Grey, the musical they did. <laughs> that's what got that me. That sounds about. Googleable right now. Yeah, right that's, it's worth your time. <laughs> it is worth your time. We saw that a year or so ago, and we just fell in love with these guys. And so, But they also have like 16 million followers. Oh, wow. So that was... And they're, but they're a service prov- provider, right? Is that what you're saying? Like the... the AV bites, you said it. No, they're they're, two, they're a group. They're two guys. One is nineteen, and one's twenty one. I see. And they come from a very creative family, and they write and do these musicals. And I feel, and they got this great group. They're based in New York, and they got these great group of um, actors and actresses. It's or theatrical singers, mm-hmm. and they do these really great conceptual, fun, mm-hmm. um, campy videos. And that was what we was thinking about. When it came down to put across our big idea, our big idea was attached to a 16 million following, and that was and that would have been awesome. That would have been Cause, hit it, the cause ground. It, yeah, because it's, it's it's one thing to have like a compelling message on a piece of paper, right? right. <laughs> but to, it, it, you know, the idea is one thing; the distribution of that idea is another. You know, it's like oh, everybody. It, one of the things that used to always bug me is like, oh, let's make a viral video. Like you don't make exactly. <laughs> exactly. They kept saying viral, and it wasn't viral. It only it's, it had it um, an opt-in audience that are all there. I mean, each of every video that you look at has millions of, of views, likes, right. comments, everything. So you, we had the built-in audience right there. But then, I mean, 
Unfortunately, they can only show... Twenty-two minutes. Yep. It was like two minutes of our pitch that was an hour long, and I mean, we had so much other strategy behind the the basic creative comps and that video to support it all and really bring it and actually, you know, get it in front of consumers. And none of that got shown. <laughs> so, and, and that's another thing. How, like, how important is that, right? Like, to have the supporting visuals and images, because a lot of times you go. Um, I always feel like you can overpitch, right? Like you can give them too much detail and then there's nothing left to the imagination. But then at the same time, you need to give them enough so that they get it. Like, you know, it's another difficult job of the agency and of the pitch. So, like, how do you guys navigate that sort of, you know, problem? I don't even want to call it a problem, but (laughs) just part of the business. I think we try to approach things pretty high level. When we mm-hmm. go in, um, we'll give some details where, you know, we feel like they're necessary. And then a lot of it's really just gauging your audience when you're in there. You know, if you see them nodding off while you're talking about Facebook followers, skip it. It's, right. If it's in your materials, they can go back and look at it. Um, and that's something that's important to us, too. I feel like we always kind of try to leave something behind for them mm-hmm. to have, something tangible. Right. Um and yeah, I mean, if they're really into something, then it's like you stay on it. You talk to them about it. You engage with them, get their feedback. and. Yeah, and then also we, we from a presentation standpoint, I you know after we met with that individual, um, you know he or she, the marketing director or the you know the decision maker, you know we got to we see a what they're wearing, what's their office look like, their aesthetic level, right, and then we come in there we go well here's an ad it's probably going to be sign off or concepts going to get sign off immediately, but then we go let's take it somewhere else and so we bring this little menu of options so the um it becomes a collaborative effort because i don't believe in going in there and put a stamp on a brand and say this is it go for it Mm -hmm. i think those days of those ego driven advertising experiences take it it, or leave it yeah Yeah. it it doesn't (laughs) exist and um, and so therefore we try to create a, a great menu of creative options, and then we get them engaging and kind of seeing where they're going to lean towards concept one, two, three, four, sometimes five, right. and then they think, oh, we like one because it says this, but three says this, and can we kind of explore somewhere in between? And that creates a what we like to do is a collaborative relationship. Right. And we talked a little bit about like what the difference is, you know, from when the agency first started till now. You know, I, is part of the conversation usually um, what are you good at, right? Because it, because because you have to pitch so much, you have to pitch like a th- a story that exists on multiple platforms in most cases. Um, but the flip side to that is like uh, most companies will want to know what is your specialty. In in you if you go, if you say we're the social media guy and like and, and Robbie's in the room and they go like okay we'll come to you when there's when it's time for social media. Um, so how do you like? How do you go in and you go, here's the whole, this, this is the campaign, this is how it exists on all these platforms, devices, experiences, um, and we're the team to, to do it? Oh, I'm lost <laughs> there, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. That was a hefty question. It is. Um, it's, I, and I don't, it's like, there's no, I'm not, you know, trying to put you guys on the spot. No, it's, no, it's, I like being on the spot. It is. Oh, well, good. Right. Uh, then you are on the behind. spot. <laughs> <laughs> no, because it is one of those things. I mean, it, it's just, you know, people, a lot of companies and agencies think through all the, you know, all the tactical things that happen on all these different platforms. <laughs> and it's great for the bottom line of the business, the agency business. But at the end of the day, like a lot of brands that are out there, like, well, we're going to go to this company for this this company for that and it's like it becomes all 
you know, uh, jumbled. It's interesting you you said that. Yes, and I agree. Where um, you there are agencies right now merging, just in the um, when you talk about I go to this agency for this and this agency for that. There are agency a new agency model that is being birthed now as we see, and it's content for social media. Right. And there's agencies living and breathing, keeping. Um, doing nothing but keeping the brand alive and posting and aiming their consumers engaged. And this new con- content-driven agencies are on the grow right? Uh, with the birth of social media. And back to where you say where we kind of come in and what our strengths are, I measure our strengths based on who we're pitching. If it's a um, the product or the, um, or the service that they have at hand, whether or not, A, it fits – us, right. DNA. And then sometimes if it doesn't, and it's something I'm very anxious to, um, we're very anxious to get be a part of, we're very negotiable to make something happen as far as a relationship with them. Got it. Uh, what's up with the, the golden tree stump? The golden, do you, there's actually two of those. Oh, I'm sorry, it's stumps, <laughs> plural. Stumps. <laughs> I've been stumped on my own podcast. We need something a to accent the pink chair. Yeah, the gold chair. Yeah, it goes. Perfect. Nice. Well, so where like, is there a story behind it? I, just, I saw it. I was like, that was the one thing I got fixated on when I was looking at the show. I'm like, that's a cool gold uh, <laughs> golden tree stump. Yeah, it's a, it's a little end table. It's another little matching gold tree stump. It's just dipped in gold. Ron has a lot of cool things in his office. He has a lot of books, too, which we had to turn Oh, yeah. We had to filming. turn them all around so no one could see what they were. Right. But we have thousands really? of books in our little tiny office. They're everywhere. Any like shelf you open, any drawer you open, it's just books. If everywhere. there's a, if there's a book you could recommend to people now that are listening to this show, what would it be? <laughs> they're, they're looking at each other, everybody. Just, well, everybody just passed the book. Uh, you know, Fifty Shades of Grey. No, you always That's a great marketing uh, Page 82. Stra- <laughs> page 82. Third paragraph. Uh, what do we always bring out? You guys don't bring you out the books. Yeah, we don't do it. It's really just, <laughs> it's just, it's like, it's really just Ron's books. We we're come in and he's like, look at the book I got this weekend. And we're like, yeah, cool. Yeah. I, 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 I love photography. And um, I just collect um, I fashion just, books. You have a ton of fashion books. I well, I, I look a lot towards fashion because fashion is kind of kind of every six months has to reinvent itself to keep its audience engaged. And right. You, mm-hmm. And it's um, I think from a marketing standpoint to drive people to pay them out of money for some of the clothes, then you have to seriously take take a look at what they do to right. make things happen. And I really look at that industry very seriously. Um, that's interesting too, because one thing I, I, you know, I always talk about, like as as marketers, one of our jobs is to take a deep dive into whatever our client's business is. Right? Mm-hmm. You make cookies, we're going to learn everything about the cookie business as much as we can. <laughs> you make fashion, you know, we're going to learn about like your particular constituency. Um, it, it, and where it sounds like with the books, right? You have a lot of creative inspiration in the office. Yeah. Well, it's true. I mean, my first inspiration was Helmut Newton as, as a photographer, mm-hmm. and I love Guy Bourdain. That's uh, the one I was trying to think of. Yes, I can't even say it. But. And uh, I thought it was Guy. <laughs> I thought it was Gooey. <laughs> um, early Avedon, and um, and then um, oh, what's her name? Um, God, it escapes me of a moment. She was really big in the um, 30s and 40s. She was one of the first fashion, um, fashion women fashion photographers. Lillian Basterman. 
Lillian Basterman. She was one of the um, first female fashion photographers, and it's really interesting that um, she gave she suddenly put a stop to her career as soon as an art director started telling her what to do. And that really kind of basically has made my premise in regards to um, when you're on the set of a director or photographer and you've basically embraced their creative, you have those meetings prior to it. And when you step onto their set, it's their show. Right. And don't disrespect them in their Mm -hmm. um, in their territory. Yeah, well, it's kind of like realizing that you're a vehicle, right? Like, yeah. it, and it's, it's even with with models, right? Sometimes models get a big head because I'm a model, but guess what? Like, you're the the purpose of you being a model is for you know for these clothes, right? And it, it's just a circle back to the um, the Bliss commercial, AV Bites. We gave them the whole outline of it and said, "It's your show, right? Yeah. Make it happen based on our our where we wish to go from a marketing and messaging and and points they need to address in their script." We let it, I let it go, and a lot of right. I know that some people on social media says, "Oh, they just had a video company do their video," but <laughs> it's more we, than that. Absolutely, <laughs> we, so much. The choreography for that was, was kind of crazy because we yeah we skyped with them. We spent a decent amount of time talking them through our campaign, what we were doing, and how we wanted to work with them. Right. So. There, yeah, there was Within a, lot a more. few hours, too. It oh, yeah. That whole thing turned around in, what, 24 hours, yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah. From our Gosh. first Skype call with them to having a video. Are you serious? Yeah. 24 hours. Yeah. It's like you don't go into, you don't go into a David LaChapelle shoot and tell David LaChapelle how to capture that image. Right. And I, I know David, and his work is like. You Let's get him on the show. <laughs> he's just, he's God sent. That's awesome. Um, well, as you guys know, the show is called Innovation Crush. Um, just really quickly, I guess, what are some trends that are in the marketplace or projects you've seen that you are kind of crushing on right now? Allison, you can participate in this, too. Please, you Allison, you be quiet. <laughs> he talks too much. I do talk I a lot. I, I got duct tape. <laughs> See? It's almost a dirty so joke. It was all, we almost <laughs> got a dirty joke out of it. Um, but no, just as far as like, what are some trends and really cool things that you see out there, whether it's technology plays or just a really amazing campaign or beautiful artwork? Um, anything that's out there that tickles your fancy? We went nuts yesterday or the day, day before. before. Oh, my God. I think there's you're seeing a lot more now that like video is growing so much that more companies are going out and you know they're not talking down to consumers anymore they're you know they're getting funny and they're doing and we saw um a video ad for um a product called poopery it was <laughs> seen it? it's hilarious no. the video it's the, it was so well written so snarky and it's one of those things it just it utilized video and marketing just so brilliantly huh. and i mean i sent it to like Five people. The whole office watched it. it just I posted like, it on my Facebook because it was so brilliant. I mean, you have this classy English woman in a 1950s outfit in a toilet <laughs> oh, no. it's, and talking I mean, about you know um, like raunchy stuff, and it's it's so funny. That's awesome, though. There, and then I think there's just there's a lot of things that are coming out like that where they're you know talking. They're just they're funny and. They're but the point I think I think the kind of the takeaway from that though is is that it's the storytelling that's exactly. cutting through the clutter, right? Yeah. It, it's the quality that's viral. It's not necessarily mm-hmm. like oh everybody loves the Harlem Shake, like let's do a Harlem Shake. It's yeah. not that. It, it's not gimmicks. It is good storytelling, and whether it's funny or well you know well put together. 
the the tampon. Oh yeah, oh, oh, the that's body amazing. form in the UK. It's the same kind of thing. There's and then there's another one. Hello well, Flow. Have you seen that one? The Hello Flow with the little girl talking. She's yes, at camp. She's yeah. the camp. I, would say, I don't know why they're all about tampons and those kinds of things. It is the year of the tampon. It's, but is it? But isn't the the whole premise of that one that was it was dressing a Facebook posting? It was. It was, that, it was a commercial based on the some, body form was talking to the consumer. Yeah. To someone had posted on their Facebook page saying they don't understand why they make the um, the um, you know when women are on their period it's not all about flowers and feels and this that and the other Some and his wife his like, girlfriend gives him hell and <laughs> this woman actually addressed him which his name was Richard in, in the Harry uh, nice. said, dear Richard <laughs> I, I have think, news for you what I, have I, to, think. I have to clear up the Harry Stalker um, I saw that because a brand was actually thought it would be a cool idea to actually follow one of their Twitter followers so like physically follow them physically yeah, follow it was them. so creepy it was creepy too <laughs> but it was it's an idea to actually take it beyond no one's going to look at print. It's like right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, you have to get the. You have to leave the cookie crumb, right? It's, like it, it should lead them to the next level of the experience. It's so much more of a softer sell, and I think consumers, because we're so inundated everywhere you go, there's ads. Someone selling something to you. So when you can talk to a consumer and sell them something in a way that doesn't feel like today only nine ninety nine, like come buy your socks <laughs> or whatever it may be. You know, when you can do that, I think. People respond to it and they like it, and it's it's just so much more inviting and it's more engaging. And Ron's not wearing any socks anyway, so no, it, wouldn't, it would definitely wouldn't have worked. Are you wearing socks? Yeah. Let me. Oh wow, that was not that's not a sock. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was barely like heel to to tip of toe. Okay, it's foot condoms. Foot condoms. There, we go. there you go. Dirty joke. To... We got it. Oh everybody's oh everybody. oh, wow. oh God, this is a new trend. <laughs> Robbie, foot condom? I don't have footies. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so I'm going to toss this one to you, Ron, first. Um, take this whole conversation in and all the take it in. emotional depths right. we've gone to. When's the cocktails being served? Uh, it's a little early for that. But Five o'clock somewhere. Yes, it, it, that's true. Um, finish this phrase for me. Innovation to me is... I I know, it's a tough one, right? Um, Don't worry, I do do this to everyone who's on the show. Innovation to me is... I don't know if there is any innovation. It's innovation of... Because I think we're getting to where... I guess in regards to innovation is how everything is going to be on your phone. If that's anything. Innovation to me is how everything is going to be really on it. A microchip. Right. If the, you're talking about that, if it, innovation to me is technology. If Got you it. You go mm-hmm. into yeah. um, and how it's being used to bring us together. Talia, same question. Innovation oh, to me she is. She gets it after. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're the fearless leader, but that was good. No, you're, but you're absolutely right. It, it is like the world is in the palm of your hand, like literally. Yes. You I know. Would say innovation to me is just always continuing to think outside of the box, pushing boundaries doing things that are unconventional because that's the only way you grow that's the only way innovation happens but what is unconventional these days something that's never been done before using things in new ways yeah that's that's where it comes down to you um i don't know do you tattoo someone's penis you're with your marketing <laughs> that's actually a growing trojan trend. women can sell space on their body now that's true yeah. that was oh i saw website. that in japan yes mm-hmm. Yes, yes about was, in Japan they're doing that and they're paying the models to put it on their upper thighs, the messages yeah. on the upper thighs. 
That's so wild. Yeah, but it's uh, you know yeah. to me to your point, it's kind of like nothing's off limits, right? There's there's no rules anymore. <laughs> that, but that's yeah. how you you grow and you push things. Like I mean, forever ago, no one ever thought we could like go to the moon, and someone was like, you know what? Why I'm not? going to the moon. We're gonna do mm-hmm. it, and that. That's how innovation happens. That's By the way, episode number five is uh, George Whiteside from Virgin Galactic, if you guys care to uh, oh listen to about going to the moon, you That's know, so cool. commercial travel. I think it's I just plugged my own show on my own show. No, but I, I agree. Ron was telling me that on the way over. And um, if it, you're talking about, or was that someone else has been... Never mind. We were talking about the commercial space travel the other day when we were okay. reading about the show. Because yeah. I was talking about how I would absolutely go to space with George Clooney. Oh. oh, I'm so curious about that movie. That's a whole other set of topics. Because <laughs> I'm like, right, well, do they get rescued? Like, I, I just want to go yes, see. I want to see that too. <laughs> um, oh, Robbie, movie. Yeah. Any, um, Robbie. Yeah. Oh, yes, Robbie. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I almost cut you here. off just like you did, just like we did on the AMC. <laughs> you ready to talk? Um, yeah, this has been another episode of uh, Innovation. <laughs> I'm just nodding. Um, no, Innovation to me, I think, is you know, using the technology that we have available to us today and just putting your own personal imprint on it through your personality or, you know, anything. You just got to get your ideas out there. And sometimes you'll meet people that will help you get your ideas out there. And, you know, sometimes you got to go it alone. I agree. Allison, you want to chime in on this one? Yeah, come on, Allison. You've been really quiet. Let's see. Um, I'm hogging the microphone. I think innovation is really anything that's implemented and makes people stop and actually pay attention and, and because it's hard, like we talk about with the clutter in the marketplace and everything. And if you can actually stop and pay attention to something, then it's probably something. It's, I guess innovative. it's, 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 it's a marriage, marriage of two dis- mm-hmm. different disciplines that you would never put together that actually complement one another and everyone mm-hmm. p- wouldn't put together. Yeah. And I love how you were saying, you know, innovation is also using technology in different ways because that's, Sorry, I keep getting my no. my lovely my, my Jenny Gump blouse caught. Um, yeah, I mean, just using there's, I mean, things and mediums that have been around forever that we're now using in different ways is, is the GIF is like archaic. Mm-hmm. I know, right? And it's crazy. Yeah. We use them all the time. We communicate via GIF. In all of this. <laughs> yep. Yeah, communicate via GIF. I like that. We chat with them. So they don't say a word. We I, have, I have yeah. a folder uh-huh. with like 300, so no matter what I need to convey. I have cat gifts. Yeah. Like. <laughs> I have ones that people like, but I'm like mad. They're just like, I don't know what doing. It was a machine gun, a machine shotgun. Gun. Actually. Have, well, it was yeah. pretty bad, though. It was bad miming, but it, it, but it, it almost looked like a dance. It almost looked like. It, really, it looked good. Yeah, it I did. liked it. it did. Yeah, I liked it as a dance, So I, but not the gun thing. I mean, my gift is a real housewife, so she doesn't do it anymore. So... <laughs> Well, cool. Where can people find you guys? Where Where are you on the uh, interwebs and uh, all that good stuff? You guys, Robbie? You can find us if you go to facebook.com slash mc2studio. And our Twitter is mc2 underscore agency. And you can find us on Instagram. We're Instagramming at mc2 underscore agency. Or our email address, e-mc2.com, or web address. Or website. Yeah, and website. I would... I would like to recommend everybody go to your website because it's a great website. It is. A, it's, it's a great website. It's really it's beautiful really awesome. and very cool content. I liked it a lot. Thank you. We're, I was on try. it for a while. <laughs> can, you, can, you tell, can you tell we're schizophrenic? <laughs> I loved it. I mean, but not. But it all kind of made sense. It all went together. It was just very stylish. I just loved it. Organized chaos. Yes. In a good way. We're small. Stylish. We're small, but we're schizophrenic, which actually 
doubles it. Sounds like my ex-wife. Yes. Um, and on that note... Is she here? <laughs> Can I get the meter? Yeah, just look down. Um, this has been another episode of Innovation Crush. I'd like to thank the MC Squared team for being here. Thank you. Uh, thank you for having us. I'm oh, very man. flattered. Thank you, guys. Thank you. And Allison, thank you as well. Thank you, Chris. All right. You guys will listen to us later. See ya. If you like listening to comedy, try watching it on the internet. The folks behind the Sideshow Network have launched a new YouTube channel called Wait For It. It's got interviews with comedians like Reggie Watts, Todd Glass, Liza Schleichinger, Schleichinger, I've been friends with her for 10 years, one of the funniest people out there, and I still have a hard time with the last name, Liza. Our very own Owen Benjamin, that's me, takes you on a musical journey down internet rabbit holes and much more. You don't have to wait any longer. Just go to youtube.com slash waitforitcomedy. There's no need to wait for it anymore. Because it's here. And it's funny. And I love you. A few days ago, Brooke Tudin posted an inspirational quote on her wall that got 17 likes and 3 comments. Thumbs up, Brooke. Geico also wants to make a comment. In just 15 minutes, you could save hundreds of dollars on your car insurance by switching to Geico. And nothing says inspiration better than saving money. Well, except for those posters that say things like teamwork, excellence, and make it happen. Hashtag keep climbing. Hashtag savings. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance.